You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Rob, I got my own brand of wine. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Yeah, dude. Uh, Tom Welling, who played Clark Kent on Smallville, mm. uh, he and I got together with Stephen Amell from Arrow, who has a company called Knocking Point. And they yep. go, you guys want to make your own wine. You'll you'll come up with the uh, the uh, emblems, the uh, the taste, whatever you guys want, and we'll come out because it's part of our subscription in January. Wait, what does it taste like? What did you pick? I picked a Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> and and Tom's going to describe it. <laughs> well, any, any more than that? Here's the thing, I went through like 10 bottles of wine. Like I got honestly drunk at a couple of these tastings because I, I'm not even a big wine drinker, but I wanted something that tasted like, you know, you tasted it like and Gatorade it just, a little Well, bit. it didn't give you a sour taste or an aftertaste. Like it was just something that was soothing and smooth and had a little bite to it. So that's what I wanted in in my one. And Tom, you know, his is a little heavier. He's a, he's got a red wine. We decided uh, it would be a picture of me. Mm-hmm. To on my bottle next to a picture of Tom. So when you put them together, we're, we've got a, it's a face off. Yeah, so that's that's the thing that we got printed too. Yeah, we they printed on that canvas thing for you, and you got it. I signed it for you, and Tom signed it for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're cool collectors editions, man. It's like a face off. It's like a very, uh, very cool. Very uh, what would you say? Well, right. if you put the bottles together, you can make you and Tom kiss. I guess you could if that's how you're thinking. Because you're a little bit of a perv. But tell these good folks how they can get these bottles of wine, Robert. Well, they can go to knockingpoint.com and use the code inside of you for $10 off. That's N-O-C-K-I-N-G-P-O-I-N-T.com with the code inside of you. $10 off our wine. Check it out. Uh, we got a great guest today. Uh, hilarious comedian who, speaking of wine, loves, yep. loves to get uh, drunk. And uh, what was his show called? He likes to get drunk and wine about it. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, wine about it. Wine about it. Uh, Matt Balasai, big comedian, and uh, it was fun getting in his head because he's just one of those guys who just is so quick. That's what his comedy is, his style. He just He's really able to just riff, and he likes drinking. Yeah, and he tells us what guys he masturbated to. Want to know which guys I masturbated to? Yeah. Well, listen to the interview. I might tell you. Inside of You is brought to you by Flatiron School. In the next 60 seconds, you're going to learn how the Flatiron School can change your life. The Flatiron School will teach you everything you need to get a job in code, data science, or design, and they'll also prepare you for the jobs that don't even exist yet. Because this is a school, Rob, designed to educate you in the art of change. So if you're feeling stuck, bored, unfulfilled, Flatiron will teach you how to change things. You'll learn by making things, breaking things, discovering how the future is being built, and the results speak for themselves. Go to flatironschool.com slash podcast and read about our graduates' new careers, salary ranges, upcoming courses, and explore these exciting new careers. You can start building your own new career in coding, data science, or digital design at one of Flatiron's local WeWork campuses, or you can take courses online. Go to flatironschool.com slash podcast, read the reviews, and sign up for a free intro course. Enrollment is now open. It's time to future-proof yourself and change things. Starting with you, flatironschool.com slash podcast. Let's get inside Matt Bellasai. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. I'm with Matt Balasai. Yes. Is that correct? Balasai, yeah. Balasai. Yeah. Because it's spelled B- Balasai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am it I is, right? It is spelled how it sounds. How many people F your name up? I could say fuck, but I said F. I used to, I used to get like Balasari, like they would just add that letters in. Yeah. But yeah. 
It's gotten better. It's gotten better. Bella Sai. Yes. Bella, what's your middle name? Lewis. Matthew Lewis Bella Sai. That's it. What's the worst name you've ever been called? I like variation of that or just like what slur has well, been hurled you know, at you me? Say, I'm sure there's been some hurling. Uh, I've been hurled some <laughs> negative things in my life on the, on the Bella Sai. I just, I was saying, telling someone else, I I went to Spain. It was like the first international trip I've taken. Right. Uh, and uh, this Spanish man said that my name it means beautiful woman. And that he'd never heard a man named that before. And he like said it to me, expect, like I, I was supposed to like apologize that I had been parading around with this name. Oh, so he, he was insulted <laughs> that your last name was, I was like, beautiful I, woman. And you're like, I'm sorry, that's my name. He's like, why is this your name? <laughs> I, I don't I, understand. I was like, I don't. Yeah. He was expecting a beautiful woman and he got me. Have you ever been in drag before, Matt? I I dressed for a picture as Adele, and I just looked like my mother. <laughs> uh, that's the closest I've gotten to drag. Isn't that funny how you say you look like your mother? I did a movie that no one saw called Sorority Boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was in drag one of the many times I've been in drag. And a lot of people question my sexuality, sure. which is fine. I'm comfortable with my sexuality, and I just don't care. Uh-huh. I've, I've kissed guys before. Sure. Um, you know, uh, theater class back at Western Kentucky, we had a room uh, – the the whole the whole theater department got together and we played uh, spin the bottle or something and guys had to kiss guys in order for girls to kiss girls and I I kissed some guys. Sure. I remember Matthew Semrick had a soft tongue. I remember. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I remember certain things. Yeah, I really missed out on theater class. I guess. But I remember I, I've always I've done movies in drag. I've, I've I think I've been in drag two or three times. I did a movie called Sweet November with Kenna Reeves. Uh huh. And I remember right after Sorority Boys, my mother called me elated, and she said. Michael, oh my God, all my friends say you look exactly like me in drag. I'm like, that's not a compliment to you, Mom. Yeah. It's, I'm a man. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Dressing as a woman, fine. Looking like your mother, not fine. Why do we look like our mother when we're in drag? I think it's because you have this you know, I think everybody sort of wonders like what would I look like as the opposite gender. Right. And the answer is always your, your mother. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a scary thing. Cuz my mom, you know, she she was always heavily medicated. Right. Sure. Know? I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But uh you know, she used to do she get all looped up on like uh Percocets and uh-huh. like I think it was Percocets back then maybe just Valium and do like these imaginary snow angels in the carpet. Uh-huh. In the living room, and just kind of, my dad would be yelling at me, and my mom would go, "Leave him alone, Mark. Not everybody can be as smart as you." As I'm, as he's helping me with my pre-algebra. Yeah, pre. I didn't get very far. <laughs> You're an intelligent guy. I could tell you carry yourself pretty sure. well. You know, I'm from glasses. Illinois. Right? Yeah, yeah. Rob's from Illinois. Yeah. Yep. What part? Uh, I grew up in Hoffman Estates. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Estates? <laughs> Hoffman Estates, yeah. Estates sounds like it's fancy. Yeah. there was a You had to pass through a couple gates to no. get to your house. It wasn't that fancy. But it was fancy. So no, 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 no. It was, it was the suburbs, but it wasn't... Do you look like your mom in drag, Rob? I have never been in drag, so... And where are you know. from? Aslip? What is it? Alsip is the Al-Sip. name of the town I'm from. So it's not Aslip. No, no. By I the mean, way, I have some water. So might you. as well. Hint water if you want to drink. Perfect, yeah. You're thirsty. Are you thirsty? Grab, grab some of that. I will. If it's carbonated, I'll burp, but we'll be good. <laughs> Matt Bellasite. Now, listen, um, for those of you who don't know him, you got to check his shit out because I, I looked over a lot of stuff and whine about it, which, I mean, just you're hilarious. You're 
the the concept of that show was basically, and I brought you a bottle of wine. <clears throat> you chug Thank a bottle you. of wine before you start going off on a tangent, right? Yeah. And you just talk about whatever you want. Yes. Do you feel more like you after you drink a bottle of wine, or do you feel a little more like I feel like right now I'm talking to you and you feel you're you're good, you're you're articulate, you're fun, but I guarantee if you drank that bottle, it'd be <laughs> off the shit roll. I was just telling someone at dinner, I think my greatest skill is how coherent I am while I'm drunk. I could walk that straight line. I could touch my nose. I could sing the alphabet backwards. Could you get pulled over by a cop and still not go to jail? (laughs) I don't know about that, but I can hold it pretty well. When did you come up with that? So I was at BuzzFeed uh, for a couple years. Right after college, right? Yeah, yeah. As just a writer, as like a comedy writer, I wrote a lot of like, you know, the standard BuzzFeed, like lists and quizzes. Did you get paid well at BuzzFeed? Are they payers? (laughs) I worked my way up. I, I was an up intern. To minimum wage. You, the way you looked at me, like was like I did not get paid well. When I when I first started, I was just an intern. I was oh. like, there were maybe a hundred people who worked at BuzzFeed. Period. I made like ten dollars an hour in New York City. Uh, How did you do for it? For like six months. You had to be doing something on the side. <laughs> well, I, I lucked out. I was able to, I lived in an apartment with a roommate. Our rent was pretty cheap. So I was able to do it for six months. And then I got hired full time and didn't make much money, but made a little bit more than $10 an hour. And then slowly but surely, it, it accumulated. And that's when you started thinking about this new show, this wine, wine about it. Thing. Well, yeah, like a couple years in, uh, BuzzFeed started doing a lot more video content, and mostly here in LA. And I was out in New York, and I was I was jealous of all of my friends in LA who got to be on camera. And I was like, "We, you really that. wanted to be on camera? I liked that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you do. You enjoy being on camera. I liked the attention that you can get on camera." So we came up with the concept, me and a couple other people, for like, let's get drunk. I had a feeling you were drunk when you came up with those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody's like, oh my God, Matt, you're so fucking funny when you're drunk. Clearly, there was a lot of alcohol consumed before the concept came up. Are and an, then yeah. we had it. Are you yeah. an alcoholic? No. And I, <laughs> my proof is that I have a pretty good stock of alcohol in my apartment. And right. I no longer will just like drink by myself. And there are times where I go out and I'm like, I don't have to drink tonight. You said you no longer drink by yourself. <laughs> Did anybody catch that, Rob? Yeah, yeah. You no longer drink by yourself. There was a time when you drank by yourself? Well, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I have like a glass of wine at dinner time or like for breakfast. <laughs> you know, just like play around. Now, were you, well, what were you like as a kid? Because you're pretty, obviously, you're very funny. You're, you know, you're this comedic writer. You got all these talents, but I mean, did you have a tough childhood? Because it seems like you're so self-deprecating. You're so, and that probably stems from some shit that went on back then. Uh, I didn't have a tough childhood. No, I mean, were you beaten as a child? (laughs) (laughs) My thing is that I say I was loved too much as a child, and now I'm fucked up because of it. Is that true? Because like my my mom would not let me do anything because i was like her precious baby and now i like don't know how to do anything it's amazing that i she teach you how to cook no not really what did she teach you anything i was expected to just like know how to cook really yeah (laughs) 
you're just expected to know how to cook because we're like italian like it's an italian family i come from so uh yeah they were just like oh you don't fucking know how to make lasagna you just are expected to know this shit (laughs) was was she a big wine drinker no my mom has like had i've seen my mom drink like twice okay so when she saw you do these shows where you drink a bottle of wine was she like what the fuck are you doing? Not that she has an Italian accent, but what, what did she... No, we're Chef Boyardee Italians. Are you Chef it's, Boyardee? It's like Olive Garden Italians. Italians? Yeah. I love the Olive Garden. Sure. I love the Olive Garden. It's just not... It's Mary like, loves the Olive Garden. It's like Disneyland, for, but Italy. I think it is. And you can get the tour of Italy when you're there. Yeah. I think by the time that my parents realized that I was like making videos, they had been successful enough where it didn't matter that I was like debasing myself because it was popular. Right. <laughs> so my dad found out because his coworkers were like, "Are you related to this person? He's <laughs> he's funny," <laughs> and he was like, "And he's also MC Hammered." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's my son." Rob, have you seen these videos? Uh, my wife watches them yeah it's more popular with women than men i really generally what are you saying because i like them (laughs) (laughs) great you are the 10 percent. do you edit them yourself yeah so you get drunk you put you put the kid you do it by yourself is there anyone around you well so when i did it yeah you don't do it anymore i now i do i call it to be honest and i film it out of my apartment right uh, and it's with I, I just hired a couple producers because it was weird to just be by myself in my apartment getting drunk. Barry is not that person. No, I think it'd be kind of fun to do it with you. Yeah. Would you ever have a guest? Like, I would, like me yeah. as a guest. Yeah. Like I, would, I could just get on and we could just kind of talk shit and drink. Yeah. And I mean, my podcast is sort of that like that interviewee version of it, where it's like we I I have a guest and we complain about shit, and I like hearing people complain about stuff, right? Because like I yeah, sometimes you just want to like vent. I mean, not, are you a pretty much are you a complainer? I mean, that's you sort of are portrayed as like sort of a guy who's just like talking about shit, like I you know the thing about the grocery store where it's like why can't they just have three things at the grocery store? Prophylactics, uh, slowly churned ice cream, and uh, beer, alcohol, or something. Right, right, right. So, right. I mean, do you always think this is how you think when you go places? Yeah, I'm generally pretty pessimistic. I, I can I, I find the whatever the opposite of the silver lining is, I I find the cloud inside the silver lining. Do you go to therapy? <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. And what do you talk about? To your Everybody therapist? in New York goes to therapy. Do you cry in front of your therapist? I've asked people this before. Like I, I I've cried maybe once. No, I never have. Uh, my problem now is that like I treat her like a test audience for like material. <laughs> so she's not even a real therapist. You just if you can get her to laugh. That's the problem. I'm like, I just want I want her to like think I'm funny. Isn't that fucked up? I, I there was <laughs> yes, there's been moments is. like that with my therapist where I'm just like, you know, you're in the room and you're like, why am I trying to impress my therapist? This is my therapist. I I don't want to impress I want her to help me. I'm also like not convinced that she's a real therapist. I also like Venmo her every week. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if that's good. I mean, why not? It's a payment. It technically is, but it just feels not official. Like you want to write a check. Right. <laughs> or or a credit card. Yeah. Rob, you have a therapist? I don't. Rob's 29, has a kid, wife. 30. 30. And he's uh, he's never been in a therapy, right? I, I mean, when I was younger. When you were a child, your parents thought you had... They thought I was depressed. Angry? So. 
and <laughs> not angry no not angry just no. depressed yeah do you remember going to those therapy sessions were you nervous well my little brother was already in therapy what well, was he in therapy for adhd and he was crazy now when you see do you think i have any adhd uh you do he was a little like off the walls though and because he was little and couldn't control it at all so like so what would he do in the morning he'd just be running around the house like banging on pots and pans and oh my god yeah that kind of stuff yeah that was an asshole <laughs> no not his fault did, what, did you put him on any uh, medication yeah they put him on medication and you could tell the difference between one you know there's a lot of people who think that you shouldn't be you know put you know they don't believe in medicating yeah. children well, fuck them yeah well yeah well I mean, uh, true. Uh, tell me about your thoughts on that. I, yeah, it's like having the flu. Like, <laughs> take medicine for it, and you'll be better. Yeah, but if you just let it go, you'll probably get over it. No, <laughs> that's not the difference, a isn't chemical. It? That's the difference. That's what people don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I think my brother had that. He used to throw, uh, you know, uh, pool balls at me. Do you think he had ADHD? Well, he used to always throw shit at me when he got angry. I think he just had anger issues. Yeah, or he's just an asshole. That's a very heavy ball to be. Oh, he almost killed me a few times. I almost choked him out a couple of times too. It was a very yeah healthy relationship. It wasn't. He was younger and he was the favorite. My mom once said in front of my parents, she said, uh, "Oh, at Mark to my dad, everyone knows Eric's your favorite." Right in front of me. That's something that sticks with you. I always know that my my brother was my dad's favorite. No, my parents have never have never said it. <laughs> you just think they believe that? How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one older brother. And you think they love him more? No, I think I I I think they will forever maintain that they don't have a favorite. Who's more successful? I don't want to say that. I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love my brother. He, uh, he what does, he do? does his own thing. He's been, he's like, if he could, he's like a gamer. He's a gamer. Gamers can make a lot of money. But he doesn't make any money off of it. Okay. Well. Uh, so he, <laughs> but that's like his, his hobby. He's like leaned into it. Right. And you, I probably would be. I like refuse to let myself buy any gaming console because I know I'll, I'll truly never leave my apartment. Do you have an addictive personality? Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Do you do drugs? Uh, I smoke every so often. I mean, if someone gave you a bag of Coke at 8 o'clock on a Saturday no, night. No, because I'm convinced that, well, yeah, A, <laughs> I would like, I would die that night. I'm like fully convinced that if I do anything harder than like coke vodka oh vodka <laughs> that my heart will literally explode so you have that fear like i have that fear too like my friends are like hey we're gonna microdose you know what microdosing is yeah what is it where you like <laughs> take a little bit of like lsd every day or well but, but this was with mushrooms okay, Rob, okay have you done mushrooms nope or you just take like a tiny tiny bit all the have you like, done mushrooms no see i'm a control freak and i feel like you feel whereas like it's i'm gonna have the bad trip yeah. i'm gonna eat the wrong mushroom out of the bunch and something's gonna happen my heart's gonna explode or i'm gonna go to the hospital or i'm not gonna think rationally or people are gonna see i'm gonna have another personality and i just fear that so i'm sort of a control freak yeah with that stuff i like just started really experimenting with like weed because I, I was so, like, I didn't really drink until I was, like, 20, 21. Really? And then then I just went hard. <laughs> then I was, like, I just went from being, like, sober to, like, full alcoholic. And then... Uh, oh, so you, got a, you, were, you were an alcoholic. No, no, no. I shouldn't be flippant. Uh, I went from sober <laughs> to, like, drinking an entire bottle of wine at noon for comedy. <laughs> right. And then, uh, 
but I was like, I'd never been a, I'd, I'd never been uh, high just by itself. I'd always right. been like drunk and then like would would smoke a little bit. So I had never isolated the feeling of being right. high. And then there was an episode of my podcast that we did where I like got high for the first time and we went to Harry Potter Worlds and uh, at like 10 a.m. And I took like a, a bunch of gummies, three or four of. Do I have to hear this? Are you, you should. Just, are you I, out of your mind? Uh, there's one moment where I like realize I'm high, and it's it's. Was it scary? It was just like confused. Well, then I started laughing uncontrollably, and the scariest thought I had was like, "What if I can't stop laughing, and this is how I die? Like I can't I die from laughter." Yeah, here lies Matt Bellasai. It truly felt like I would never stop laughing. Like that's what my my brain was like. This is how I. Die. That is a great feeling to not just you can't control your laughter. You're just enjoying yourself. So I much. that's my yeah. That's my like favorite feeling. Yeah, Rob doesn't do that. I don't see you laugh very often. No, the last time that happened was at my grandma's funeral. Oh my Jeez, god! Somebody just went fucking <laughs> dark well, on us. My brother like tripped going up. Are you serious? Yeah. You were. You. I thought he was making a dumb joke. <laughs> no, no, no. The no. heart. You really laughed at your My grandma. brother was going up for the reading and tripped and then was fumbling <laughs> over all the words in the reading. So my wife and I just couldn't keep it Did together. Did you have to leave the room? Uh, no, we didn't have to leave. Wait, but... you're sitting there hysterically laughing and your grandma's lying in a coffin dead while your well, brother's... It was, it was, the casket was closed at that point. Okay. But her sister well, was sitting there. behind us. And she saw you laughing. Uh, she was really old too. So I don't know if she knew what was going on. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's kind of fucked, dude. <laughs> I thought you said it was really hard when you lost your grandma and you cried. No, that was my grandpa. Oh, so you I mean, it was obviously didn't give a no, shit. No, I cared. This was just another moment of the funeral. There is something about like when you're not supposed to laugh, and 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 then you start, and it's like now I really can't stop. Yeah, yeah I'm just those. trying to justify your <laughs> shitty behavior. Yeah, the, I am too. I'm trying to figure that out. Now, you say you had, like, a pretty decent childhood, so your parents weren't, like, uh, overwhelming or overbearing or, uh, you know, we expect these things out of you and what's your issue, buddy? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I was always, like, an overachiever. Yeah. Like, honor student. Yeah, AP student. Yeah, because I read about that. You were, like, uh, you won all these awards. Is that true? <laughs> like, uh, was that, uh, did you I just was make that up? insect identifying champion. Yeah, I saw that. That was That's real. Insect oh, yeah, identifying champion. So can you to this day identify most insects? No, no. It was like I memorized like 20 flashcards the night before and I was able to do it. You had to identify the genus and the genus of a type of bug. Do you really, so, you really what, Yeah, so what, what the fuck is talk to me about genus? For instance, a bee. Fuck, I I forgot. I forgot. I remember Lepidoptera is a but butterflies. Coleoptera is beetles. That's it. That's all I remember. Did you drink a bottle of wine before you, uh, <laughs> you learned all this yeah, shit? Yeah. Maybe that's I was like 12 years old, uh, but I won. And I won a gift card to all of the Olive Garden. Is that true? That was my prize. <laughs> that was your prize. A ribbon. And that's, I mean, it was a science competition held at the community college on the south side of Chicago, the south suburbs of Chicago. So, uh, yeah, the, the prize was an Olive Garden gift card. <laughs> Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Senolytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, 
you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, I tried Qualiacinolytic, and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Qualiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that. And uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this. So that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times... We keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside. 
Now, did you have? Were you dating at this point? Did you? Were you dating, or were you just? No. Do you think? I, do you think I dated someone while I was winning insect identifying <laughs> competitions? It was just, that just didn't exist. Uh, well, no. I mean, I'm a homosexual, so I was not really out until like in college. So I didn't date anyone. When was that moment where you felt comfortable? Where it's like, you know what? Fuck it. In college, it wasn't until college. And did you? Did your mom or did your parents know? When was? The, when did they know? When did you have to make that call? I came out to my parents first because I I was like I feel like I owe it to them to tell them first. I th- I think they would be hurt if I told other people first. So you told them both sitting down. At well, the I same told my time. mom first, right? And then we didn't tell my dad for a while. Yeah, let's not tell dad <laughs> for a minute. You know, the Super we'll, Bowl's coming up. Let's we'll just... work up to that. But he was fine. What was your mother's reaction? Do you remember her face when you said this? Was she shocked or like, oh, yeah, we knew that? Uh, she she says that she she was shocked. It should not have been a shock because, like, my favorite TV show is like Glee. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'm making us watch, Rob like, loves Glee. <laughs> I've never seen Glee. You've never seen Glee? <laughs> no, it's on Netflix. You're homophobic, Rob. I don't think that lines up no uh it does actually it really does (laughs) thank you mac elaborate Uh, yeah i mean rachel berry is the theater geek at uh this high school and she joins a glee club and i'll i'll keep going they sing don't stop believing and uh, rob you get it he knows what glee is in fact jane lynch lives down the street no shit she lives like a couple houses away from me i love jane lynch isn't she amazing she i i just heard that the lesbian Illuminati is very strong in LA. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure she's like on the board of governors. Right? Yeah. She also looks like she can kick somebody's ass. <laughs> like, I wouldn't fuck with Jane Lynch, right, Barry? Yeah, you don't want to fuck with Jane Lynch. My favorite, I, I, I think I identify most with, did you uh, watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I watched the first couple episodes. Fantastic show. So Jane Lynch is in it. Oh, Not, I, didn't see, I didn't get to that part. It's sort of later, but she's she plays a stand-up comic who is like a like blue collar, makes all these jokes about being like, a, you know, every woman. But in actuality, she is like, she lives in a mansion with a butler and servants and that's how that's what i want to be i want to be like i'll get on stage and like take a shit but then i go home and like a butler like puts me to bed do you really want that do you want to be as rich as possible i only because i've been watching downton abbey and i'm like i want you have to keep the local economy alive you're providing (laughs) jobs for the townspeople do you want people do you want barry to drive you around you want a driver every day that picks you up like arthur there was one podcast that we uh, i was on and barry was there and she like poured my water and the hosts were like are you fucking kidding me you can't pour your own water i didn't ask for it do you have an assistant no do you want one i i never felt the need for one if anything the only reason that i would need one is because i am terrible at being my own boss and i need someone to like keep me accountable Hmm. i nap almost all the time do you think that's depression yes (laughs) i think so too and i've been napping more and more and the more i nap and the longer the naps are i feel like i gotta be there's gotta be some depression issue here yeah but but here's the reality i just feel really tired that's also depression. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, is it? Is it, Rob? Do I have depression? Sounds like it. <laughs> well, I nap during the day, and I thought that was just because I'm 46 and people nap and like. But look, I get a little anxiety. 
I get a little bit, you know, uh, I talk about that a lot on the show, but I do nap. And I, people say, well, you should check to see if you're depressed. Yeah. You, we sh- you should. Well, you, what time do you nap, Matt? Um, I just started, like, setting an alarm in the morning on my phone, but having my phone outside of my room. So I have to actually, like, get up and go turn it off. Because mm. I used to, like, snooze for, like, two hours. Oh, I'd yeah. hit the snooze button like 20 times. I kind of do morning. that. Like this morning, I woke up at 8, and then I found myself still in bed at 9.20. Yeah. So I was like, no, I need to get up and go. And then I felt better about like, okay, now I got an extra hour or so in the morning. I could take like an hour nap at like 3 o'clock and feel like it's not just depression. <laughs> it's genuinely me like re-energizing. Right. I mean, do you think that you kind of, do you ever feel like you go through the motions of life? Like, oh, I have a meeting at two, but you know, I'm going to go and pretend I'm having fun. Like this podcast, for instance. Yeah, you're this here, is all fake. You're here. This is all fake. You're not actually having fun. In your head, <laughs> you're going through the motions of this. You're like, I just want to go back home and nap. Is it that kind of depression? Yeah. So uh, you agree that this is boring? <laughs> this is not the show you want. No, but like I just said, there's no, nothing that I've ever agreed to that I I wouldn't like be happy to just stay home. Almost everything you'd like to, even like your own show, as much as you love doing it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, you know, I'd rather Being sleep in bed. Th- is like the I, the ideal. Have you talked to your therapist about this? <laughs> yes. And have you Venmoed her? Um, her? She, I, I Venmoed her, my uh, my copay. Yes. Yeah. Do you tell her this? Like, I, I I feel like this. Are you on something like Lexapro or something that helps you? Well, the problem is the medicine that I do take, I've been taking for like 10 years. And she's like, I don't know anybody who takes that anymore. Because it, it's I not a drug it. that people use anymore, like Zoloft or something. Right. And it's like some of the side effects are like you feel lethargic. And, and so she's <laughs> like. <laughs> okay. So 10 years you've been lethargic. Maybe you shouldn't be on this drug. <laughs> Rob? Yeah, it sounds like. You're not his therapist. Don't fuck. Can get into so this. so we're like maybe we should uh maybe we should take one that doesn't make you feel like you're a, like a slime ball just like sliding well, are down you gonna li- surface. <laughs> are you gonna listen to this and what insect would that yeah. be um i don't know we'll see maybe i'll just take a, a cocktail that's what i do love when when you take like more than like three medicines they call it a cocktail Really? They make it sound fun and exciting. But it's not it's probably not a good idea. Uh no it's just a bunch of pills. Have you never heard of a cocktail? Yeah, a cocktail. Well, when, well, a cocktail when you take like uh, like a Percocet, some vodka, and smoke a joint. Is that a cocktail? I guess. I, guess I mean, it's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe sure. for disaster. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so, okay. Now I've learned something that me napping could be some depression. Because I, mean, I don't know if I'm doing enough to be tired. <laughs> you could be oversleeping, too. That's a thing. Yeah. That's, Is that true? It yeah. makes you... Based on when your like sleep cycle, when you're waking up, how many hours should I have? Uh, what is it like eight or nine a night? Right, is the is the acceptable amount? Anything I, more than that? Yeah, but for you, it could be thirteen, fourteen hours of sleep. Yeah, Barry, do you worry about him? Just a little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> do you- well, that's the thing. You're so creative. You're so funny. You got all these shows, all these things you're doing. It's one thing after another. Do you do stand up? Uh huh. Do you do stand up a lot? I had really never done stand up until a few years ago when I started making videos. And then I was like, this could translate very well to the stage because it is. It is just like each video is sort of like a five minute bit, right? That could translate. And so uh, 
I started my team, my like agent was like, do you want to get up and do a stand-up show? And I was like, fine, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And they booked me on at this club on Long Island where they were like, if you fucking suck, nobody will know because it's Long Island. And I did like 90 minutes and everybody loved it. And 90? Like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I was like so nervous. I just like kept going. And the like Italian guy who ran the club was like, you're doing great up there. We're just going to let you keep going. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and so I did 90 minutes the first time I did it. And it went well. All right. All right hang on. I'm shocked because, listen, I tried stand-up comedy last year. And I and I liked it. I was working my way up. You get five minutes. Then you do eight. Then you do ten. <laughs> then yes. you do fifteen. I got my I way up to 20. I started with 90 I minutes. had 25 minutes headlining at this one place. And I was like, hey, I'm going. I'm doing well. This is, you know. But I, I cannot even imagine my first time on stage doing stand-up for 90 minutes what it did where was it all memorized or was it all just off the top of your head and well, how, why how did you feel that comfortable to, to do something like that i mean the good thing was because i had uh, an audience of people who liked my videos and had i had a good crowd that came out and they were excited about me already were you nervous I was nervous the first time, and then I drank a lot of wine, and then... That uh, night? Yeah, yeah. And also, the very first show that I did was on St. Patrick's Day at a club on Long Island. So people were shit-faced. Yeah, someone vomited in the front row. On your first night performing. And I had no idea, because I was so, like, in it. That I didn't realize someone had in the vomit and throat. Yeah, <laughs> it was in the vomit that I didn't even realize. I thought it was just the smell of this place, and I had no idea that I was. I yeah, was in the vicinity of just pure ninety bile. minutes. That's unbelievable, Rob. Yeah, ninety minutes. <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine going on stage for ninety minutes and you didn't take a Xanax, you didn't take a propanol, you didn't take stage fright medication. You just drank a couple glasses of wine and some whiskey, and yeah. There was a lot of alcohol involved and uh, like a good crowd. I think, I mean, I think constantly about how like other comedians fucking hate that. Cause like you, the mark of a true comedian is that you be sober. Well, that, but also like you can get up in front of a cold crowd who has no idea who you are and like by the end of it, have them standing on their feet. I like had a pretty warm crowd already because they people who knew my stuff and right. like came out to have a good time. And how many times have you been on stage since then? Um, I don't know, hundreds, uh, hundreds, yeah. hundreds. <laughs> uh, maybe yeah, not hundreds. Well, what about but a special? What about a special? That's yeah. I, I think you should be doing a special now. I would love. How much one. would it cost? If uh, I'll rent a place out, it'll cost me five thousand. I'll produce it with Barry. We'll <laughs> right. fucking we'll, we'll, we'll rock it out. I'll open for you. Yeah, we'll I, do a Netflix special. And we'll sell this fucker. I do want to. I've I've heard some people say that uh, you're funnier. By the way, I'm going to cut you off here. You're, I've watched some fucking <laughs> shows up here. There's a couple of guys that I've seen people in general, and I'm watching it. And I don't want to put it down any stand-up comedians. It's a very hard. Uh, it's it's art. It's a difficult thing to do to be good at. It takes uh, amazing courage. I know this firsthand. It's scarier than shit. Um, hardest thing in the business to do. But but I've seen some people <laughs> who get up there and have Netflix specials, and I'm like. I honestly, I, I can't believe they have a special. I they can't really believe do give this out, is not special. They give out Netflix specials like what are fucking, they doing? Like Netflix is just saying, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Rob, get up, tell us about your grandma dying and the <laughs> your, your brother tripping up giving a speech. <laughs> Fuck, that's a Netflix special. 
yeah grandma's dead the biggest thing is like i've been thinking constantly about all of the shit that happened at just for laughs i don't know if you are familiar tell me just for laughs montreal is like oh i know it yeah yeah yeah. the biggest comedy festival in the world with chris red um i don't know about that oh there was he got in a fight with some youtube guy yeah 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 so there's a youtuber i guess who i've never seen named southern mama that's like his character and he uh southern mama (laughs) i love it he was one of the like 10 comedians to watch like variety picked these 10 and they had this whole lineup and he uh, just like bombed but then like took it out on everybody else it was it was like he was the only comedian up there who's not like he was just like a straight white dude and he he felt like he he made some comment that like oh comedy shouldn't be about like race and gender yeah he was shit talking the other comics yeah and shit talking how like the other comics were focused on that but like the problem was he just wasn't funny funny. right like do your thing but be fucking funny or take it you fucking bombed and that's it yeah take the l and just like go up next time and do better so that's it's like you get a special like be funny that's like be funny yeah that's number one so you want a special one day yeah i don't i think you should have a special if you can go up 90 minutes in your first fucking time i think you're right there well that's like i mean there's some editing involved in that sure the question is do you have to be drunk to do it how many how many out of your hundreds of shows have you had a couple cocktails uh i drink i usually drink at like you know i'll have a cocktail at most but i don't have to like i performed at a lot of colleges and you're not allowed to be drunk yeah but you can bring a flask I could. There was one particularly bad. Uh, overall, it was fine. But I, I learned later, I was performing at this college. I don't even remember which one. And I know, like, beforehand, someone will, like, send a, a list of, like, here's what I need. Like, I, I need, like, a screen and, like, a stool on stage and, like, my, my like, rider, quote, unquote. Right. It's not that fancy. Uh there might be like a fruit plate also on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I usually ask for like a glass of like a wine glass and like a bottle of Merlot or something like that. And, uh, the college, usually a college will say, no, we can't have alcohol on stage. They might follow up like once more and say, can we please have wine? And the college will say no. And that's all right. And then I, I'll perform sober. But this college thought that, because someone on my team like followed up that I was upset that I couldn't drink. And they gave you a bottle of wine. No, beforehand, like five minutes before I was supposed to go on stage, they were like, they came up to me backstage and were like, I'm, we're so sorry about the whole like wine situation. I had no idea. They were and like, you were embarrassed, weren't you? Well, they were like, we're so sorry about this wine situation. Um, but we had a student die like two weeks ago because of drinking. And I was like, why the fuck did you just tell me that five minutes before i'm supposed to go on i didn't say any of this i was like oh no (laughs) i'm so sorry also but also like you booked me who is like a a drunk comedian and now i'm i have to like tiptoe around the fact that like yeah it was very uncomfortable was it a bad night um i did (laughs) Because my fucked up brain is like when something is awkward, you you call attention to it. You address it. And uh, that was not a good idea. So you had, let me guess. 
He went out there and said, I asked for a bottle of wine. I didn't know somebody died two weeks ago. Boo. No, no. It wasn't even that. There's a whole bit that I I do about the three times that I've thrown up from drinking. It's only been three times, which I'm very proud of. Let's hear it. I mean, I I won't do all of that, but they've all been disasters. the the whole thing The whole thing is like I hate throwing up, and so whenever I get drunk to that point, I always deny that it's about to happen. So I'm never prepared for it. It's always been like a complete disaster. I've never made it to the bathroom. It's always been like in bed on someone's cat. Like it's always so. I tell all of those stories, but after I felt so guilty about being like, here's all the times I like binge drink uh so at the end of it i was i i was like sorry i know this is like a sensitive topic that's all i said and the entire audience was like (gasps) and i was like oh fuck saying that just made it way worse didn't it and everyone was like yeah and then we immediately moved on and it was fine it wasn't like i lost everybody but after the the most guilt i felt was afterwards the like faculty advisor the one who told me about the the incident just like came backstage and just like the look on her face was just like you piece of shit really (laughs) i could tell her thought was probably like why did i tell him that like that she could have just not and it would have been fine it's not like i joke like it's not like there's a joke in my set about like someone dying right did you you do a lot of theater at northwestern no, I Any, never performed. You really. never performed. Did you ever take acting classes? No. Did you ever take groundlings courses? I was in like a, a middle school. So musical. you're so you're just a naturally funny guy who's got a lot on his mind, who just sort of pontificates about the world and all the shit that's going down. I guess so. And that's just become successful for you. <laughs> You're just so. natural at it. You don't need any help. You don't need Barry coming over saying, hey, you just get on stage and you have this confidence. There's no sort of like I know I still get anxiety. I get anxiety. I went to a meeting on Showtime for this for this project. Uh-huh. And the director, there's no reason to get nervous. There's no reason for anxiety. Bit. No, I, I didn't have to read. They just wanted to meet me for this project. And it's going great. And at the end I don't know, for some reason, my face started to blush. And I was like, can they see my red face? Am I Santa Claus right now? Are they looking? What? And I started in my head. I was like, oh, my God, am I getting anxiety? And she, the director's talking. She's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, am I getting an anxiety attack? Oh, no. And I got through it. And she goes, Michael, do you have any other questions or anything? And I go, no, no, I'm, uh, I'm good. And I left. And the whole day I was thinking, I bet they think I had an anxiety attack. And I kind of tried to go over through it. And then all of a sudden my agent goes, oh, they're really interested. They just called. They really loved you and everything's great. I go, they didn't notice my blushed face. <laughs> what? No, never, never mind. Yeah, I, they didn't notice at all. And most people don't know it. It's like how you can control it. But like when I think of this, I'm like, I'm getting a little anxiety about certain things. And you, you don't, do you not get anxiety? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like everything else just has nothing to do with the fact that like every time I get up on stage, I'm like prepared to shit myself like i'm still very nervous but i do i still do it how old are you you're born in 1990 28 yeah you're just 28, 28 years old you know that you could be my son <laughs> <laughs> so if i call you son for the rest of the podcast yeah that's crazy because i don't feel like i look 46 no i feel like i look like 42 <laughs> rob i was gonna go the other way but all right really no no what you look dick. good what a dick. Well, we can't all be young. 
So you don't, you get nervous, you feel like you're going to shit your pants, but you don't get, it doesn't overwhelm you. Uh, not always. I mean, I've like, I've had bad shows. It's not like everything is just Have like you a, bombed? Uh, yeah. There was, there was one I did. I, I went to Just for Laps, Toronto, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. Say the other one. Toronto, Canada. That's how it's spelled. So I will say it. Uh, but I went to that and, and I had my like hour, but the problem with, when you just like come out with like 90 minutes of material is that when they ask you if you want to do like 10 minutes, you don't know what to use. I don't have like a 10 minute set. So they were like, do you want to do 10 minutes before another comedian? And I was like, sure, let's try it. And it did not go great. And I felt really bad, uh, for like it was also like the look on the comedian's face when I got off. It was like here, cause I, you're also supposed to wait for like the light to go. Like they shine the light. You like, didn't. Uh, I thought I missed it, but it turns out time had just been going so slowly that I felt like it had been 10 minutes, and but it had been like four. Ready? The comedian's like drinking <laughs> beers in the back of what we're on. No, she was like, I, I just remember the look on her face, which is probably, I mean, there were also, it was a very stormy night. <laughs> and so there weren't very many people in the audience right. to begin. And it was a very large venue. And so there were maybe like 15 people in scattered chairs. So like maybe it went really well, but my brain was just like, I only heard one person laugh. Do you hold on to it? Do you hold on to things like... Yeah, that happened like <laughs> that happened a long time ago and I still feel it. You still feel it. Well, that's... The embarrassing thing to me about that also is that JFL is in front of like a, like everyone's kind of performing for one another. Don't put letters. It's just for laughs. Some people are going JFL. The J the just for laughs one. That's what they call the the Toronto I know, but, one. I know, but people listening don't know for sure. Like JFL, Mike. <laughs> JFL. What? Just for laughs. The problem with the just for laughs in in. It's because it's most of who you're kind of performing for is like the other comedians. Right. And so I was just like, yep, she fucking hates me now. Anyway, and that's I'll get over it. The other one that I was nervous for, I performed at this college like conference. So they have this conference called NACA, which is, uh, and I don't, I'm sorry, it's another acronym. I don't know what it stands for. Another acronym. Uh, but it's like all of these college students who book entertainers to come to their school. So they send all of the bookers basically to one conference and they have like a lineup of people who perform uh, like a bunch of bunch of different lineups and i was hosting one of them this was like a few months ago and they told us beforehand they were like your time is extremely like we follow a clock there's a clock in front of you you have your time if you go over that we will cut your mic and shut the curtains on you jesus so they told me like i have 30 minutes total I can, there were eight acts. I was the host. They were like, you can go out and do 25 minutes right away and use the rest just to introduce everybody in between. You could spread it out however you want. You fucked this up. That was the fine part. They told that to everybody else too. They were like, everybody has 10 minutes. If you go over, we'll shut the currents on you. So first I was like, I'll spread it out. The first couple times I went out, didn't go great. Like I tried to tell some jokes. It's 1500 college students. They're not like Paying loving attention. it. They're right. not really into it, right? And uh, so it was kind of awkward. The third act that comes out is a magician, 
he's like very like chris angel there's a lot of like flashiness and they love that um they all like came up to this like they had a bunch of students like come up to the stage like it was a concert and his last trick was that he turned like a blanket into a giant parrot the problem was he started going over his time limit so i'm backstage waiting to go out the minute he finishes all the producers backstage are like he's fucking going over he's going over we need to cut it we need to cut it finally they cut it they cut his mic they turn the lights off right as the bird takes off oh he comes backstage without the bird because the bird has landed up on top of the stage and is squawking its fucking ass off so i have to walk outside (laughs) while 1500 students are watching this squawking bird and your time is counting down yeah and there's a clock in front of me you had to say something that Trust me, inside my head, I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do right now. Because it's oh like, my God. do I only acknowledge the bird? Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. You go, you know what? They gave me 20 minutes and this bird's squawking. And you know what, fuckers? We're going to just talk about this bird for 20 minutes. Well, I, And these fucking idiots. I was like, I don't know. Do I pretend like it's not there and just keep going with my I mean, time? how loud is it? I'm going to be the bird, right? You're talking. Go, go ahead. Do your gig. It was a pretty loud bird. <laughs> yeah. Or was it a distant? Well, what, what are you there about? were also like two large screens that they were like, they had cameras on. And I think they just like took the camera off me and it was just on the bird. <laughs> and all of the students were supposed to like go back to their seats and like nobody did. They were all looking at the bird. So it was just like, like six minutes of just pure chaos and i I was basically just screaming at a bird in front of you did you started screaming yeah i mean there's nothing else i was like fuck this bird and like there's no there's nothing else go well at all i mean it was just a nightmare (sighs) i i I, I figured if i was there i'd be laughing i think this is a funny thing it was funny at some point i was like i guess i just have to tell the jokes that i came with and so I started trying to tell and other no jokes. Really... Yeah, and, and nobody gave a shit. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I guess I'll just fucking bring out the next act. And just like, we're going to go on with the show, I guess. I'm wondering what that guy did. I, I bet he was pissed off. What the fuck did you guys do? Yeah. My bird's up there. It's a $4,000 Seahawk. Well, finally, <laughs> I started introducing the next act, which was like an acapella group. And I could hear on the microphone very lightly <laughs> that being like matt no matt stop (laughs) matt keep stalling and i was like nope i'm going for it i'm gonna keep it and finally someone came out and was like we're gonna have to stop and they made all 1500 people leave the room and then finally they made all of us backstage leave so it was just the magician and the bird and then they shot it they shot the bird down what (laughs) i thought there was a word for that like oh that's what they call it they shoot the bird down uh no yeah Uh, somehow he got it down and uh but the good thing i mean it took like a half hour and then everybody came back in and then we just started where we left off but everybody by then was like on my side because they knew like that's all that matters yeah so i was like i won them over in the end right uh even though it was a very trying time there was nothing but it was like that was probably the most awkward i've ever felt on stage 
was your heart racing or are you just like, I don't know what to do. There's, it just seems like it's, it's just more awkward than anything. Well, especially I never really like hosted like that before where you're kind of going up in between a bunch of acts. So just like that part of it was very nerve wracking because I went up the first couple of times I went up, like didn't go that well. And I was like, fuck, I still have to go up like six more times. That's the best story. I love it. What's what content won't you talk about? Is there, are there things that you just won't talk about? Do you talk about your like like your relationships a lot? Uh, not really. I mean, I talk about like being a gay guy, but I don't like. It's more. It's more like self-deprecating. Like I don't look like the stereotypical gay person. And what is that? Um, it's about two hundred pounds lighter. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you can see the abs. Uh, well, so wait, are you saying all gay guys should be ripped? Uh, most of them are. That's yeah. not true. I have gay friends. <laughs> I won't say their names, but they're not ripped at all. Well, they're... I have neighbors that are gay. They, they're not ripped. Right. Well, Jane Lynch isn't. No, that's true. Well, not her. She's gay and she's in great shape. <laughs> uh, I know. Better shape than so I So what am. are you saying? That all gay people have to be, be just beautiful? I mean, they are beautiful. That's the stereotype. Is it though? I think so. I mean, gay people are just people, but they're gay. Yeah, true, St- true. So very I, true. But I don't understand why you think that they that you shouldn't you should look a certain way. Like, oh, I'm heavy, so uh, I'm not your right. So how do you self deprecate? I guess you just that's what you talk about. Yeah, I talk about like not going to the gym. Do you ever go to the gym? I uh, I tell the story of the I, I I went to the gym once and I I got one of the like free personal training sessions and it was just a disaster. Why? Because the guy tried to motivate me in the most like broy, straight guy way. Was he straight? Yeah, his like main thing was like, like who's the hottest girl that you know? Like think of her ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was all like just the worst things. You're like this is unmotivating. But I, I, I was so scared that I just went along with it. So I was like, Amanda. Like I was like I totally. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like almost like, oh my God, he thinks that I'm straight. This is great. Uh, no, I was just like purely, I mean, my body was shutting down. I mean, what, what if he what if he changed it up? What if he knew you were gay, man? And he was just like, oh my God, imagine the guy who's got the biggest hog on him. He's got a nice, big, shiny, hairless pair of balls. Right. That's what, uh, that's what I like well, to that think about. Would that have motivated you? When I, when I work out, it's just like the dick in particular. What do you, what do you... <laughs> There was sarcasm in that, Rob. What do you think about when you work out? Because you don't work out a lot, but what is it? Do you think about anything like I just want to be better looking? I want to be better in shape. I want to be better. I mean, I don't. I can't remember the last time I worked out. So when is I think true? about don't work out. when I work out is when I'll get to stop working out. That's the only thing on my mind. That's how I feel. I'm trying to motivate myself because I live in a, a building with a very nice gym that I've only been in when I toured the building. <laughs> so I, recently I was like, I'm going to go and you need like a key card like that I got when I moved in. And finally I went down and my key card didn't work. And <laughs> you gave up. That's it. I tried. My key doesn't work. Fuck this. It's a sign from God. A key card to like a different building that I didn't know I had. So I'm working. I'm, I got the right key card now. So you're gonna you're working yourself up to work out. You're right. trying to uh, get all the pieces are almost in place. But you're from you, I mean you're not from LA, but you live in LA. Can't you um I live in New York. So. Oh, you don't live here at all? No. Oh well. I'm fuck. just here for the week. So I was gonna say you can go on so many hikes out here. No, that's even worse. 
Hikes are fun. You can talk to people on a hike. But that's Barry? outside. There's like wildlife. It's too hot outside. I like wildlife. There's dogs. The people just have. They don't there's like walk coyotes. You don't see. I've never seen a rattlesnake. And like things with wings. Those are birds. And like insects, all of which I can identify. And that's a good thing. You can identify if something bites. You could say, "Hey, don't worry. That's the Qualanesis bohelium." <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's Rattus norvegitus. No, I prefer I prefer an air conditioned room where I can control all of it. Rob, what do you think about when you work out? Because I'm taking you don't work out very often. I'm I'm active, but I don't sit and like lift weights. No, Rob just uh, broke his middle finger playing softball. See, that's what you get when you uh, when you try to be active. I guess so. Do you eat healthy? No. So there's no real curriculum. This is why I require naps is because it's, Okay, so maybe you're not depressed. Uh well I am, but I also like the eating well and exercising is a good way to combat that in addition to uh I mean some I think about like how I feel after a nap is like what I should feel like after like I would feel better if I just worked out. Right. Or or not I feel great after a nap, too. I don't feel great when I wake up in the morning, but I do feel better after a nap. Yeah, sometimes. But I do eat, like, uh, I, I'm convinced, like, if I move, the, like, local restaurant economy would, like, fundamentally shift. Like, they rely on my business. <laughs> I have been known to order, like, three out of three meals a day <laughs> on multiple occasions. Really? What do you have for breakfast? Uh. If I'm feeling good, I'll get up and, like, make some scrambled eggs, yogurt. Bacon. Granola, banana. You didn't say any meat. No meat. No meat. Are you... Eggs. Okay, well, yeah. I'm not a vegetarian, but bacon is a little complicated for me. You have to, like, flip it and... <laughs> Don't you have to flip eggs? I mean, eggs just can't unless you're doing Not sunny scramble. Yeah. I just like no, a good like a good scramble. It, just mix it up and throw it in so the. So I do a, eggs, a yogurt, a banana, make coffee. That's if I make it myself. If I order, I'll get like a breakfast sandwich and like a fruit salad. Or Are something. you a snacker? Yeah. So you like desserts. You yeah. like the in betweens. Well, right. that's probably what gets to you. That's, if you just had your meals, yeah, a lot of pasta also. So you relationships, you talk about like, you know, you were late before you really started dating, right? It took you a while. You right, didn't really right. drink till you were 20. You, you, you had, a, it sounds like there was, I mean, even though you had a great childhood, all of a sudden when you're like, okay, you I mean, you know, you're gay when you're very young, you knew right. all these things. You just didn't tell anybody. Right. 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 It's gotta be the most difficult thing, which nobody understands unless you're gay. You just don't get it. Yeah. People don't understand if you don't understand being, you know, racism exactly, unless you're black, unless you're, you know, people don't understand the feeling. Right. That you have, that you have these things bottled up, that people are judging you. So college, you you know, in high school, it's certainly, it, it's definitely, it's a popularity contest. It's all these things. But you go to college, you find your way. You find people right, that right. you can relate to. And I'm guessing that's what happened. You you met some people that you really trusted, that you really liked, that had the same thoughts, the th- same feelings. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a good feeling, knowing there's p- other people out there who can you can relate to. Right. Yeah. No, I definitely, like, found more of my people in college right did you hang around mostly with gay people not really not in college 
I th- I think the thing that I found when I went to college was that like unlike high school, like everybody is choosing to be here and like has mm. some like ambitions and like yeah, that is what I, I liked a lot more. It was like I I feel like I related a lot more to everybody else. Whereas in high school, it was like I liked being there, but like everybody else, I feel like was like seconds away from like stabbing the rest of us. <laughs> right. I, no, I absolutely understand. I wasn't I wasn't popular at all in high school. I was the smallest kid in my high school. I didn't fit in and um I was a Jew. I, that didn't really matter. I got, there was some Jew jokes. There was, you know, there was not yeah. many Jews around but in you know Newburgh, Indiana. But they, you know, for the most part treated me all right. I think they used to throw quarters down the hallway for my sister. Go get it, Lori. Go get it, Rosenbaum, go get the quarter, you Jew. Yeah. I got yeah. Yeah, oh that happened. Ask her. I definitely got like I I remember there was this one kid who threw like a dime at me. And was like, fuck you, freshman. And I, I, I was also a sophomore, and we had classes together. <laughs> Did you say? Uh... I was like, <laughs> like, he clearly knew who I was. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this you... is why I am the way that I Did am. you get picked on in high school? mostly no not really but like if i did it was mostly because i was like a nerd and not because i was gay did anyone ever say gay things to you no you're gay no well that's what they say i remember they called me Rosie palms because my last name's rosenbaum and i didn't really get i got Rosie palms because i guess your hand Rosie palms i got called like yeah i got called names like that i don't even get that i don't either Rosie palms I think most of the anxiety that I had was from, like, gym class. Oh, yeah. Who didn't? I, I fucking didn't have any puberty, so I didn't want people to see my hairless balls and armpits. Yeah, and it wasn't even because I got picked on. It was just, like, I was so bad at being physically active that I feel so much. I get that from you now. <laughs> I get that. But there's a full I know. Lot. I know. I, until now, I had given off the impression that I was very good at being physically active. <laughs> right. Exactly. But now, yeah. Now, I tell, I tell a joke about um, the time I accidentally threw a bat at my gym teacher. It was like a metal bat, and she was not happy about it. But that's what you get when you put a little gay kid on the baseball diamond and expect him. So they didn't tell me what to do when you, you hit the ball. said baseball diamond. That's good. Yeah. You know what that is. They didn't tell me, like, how to let go of the bat after you hit the ball. So I just, like, kept yeah, swinging and then fuck- threw it. And she <laughs> almost happened killed her. to be in the way. So Do you remember your first kiss? Yes. How old were you? I mean, it was college because I was not out. Until were you scared then. shitless? Yeah. What was his name? I don't want to say his name. Rick. <laughs> yes. Was it his name Rick? <laughs> Just keep guessing. John. Uh, it was Rick. Jesse. It was God. No. You didn't kiss a Jesse. It was a poster <laughs> of John Stamos. Yes. Did you think he's attractive? I think John Stamos was a little before, like, as a sex symbol. Was... Who did you beat off to? You know who? What if, what I'll tell if... you who I did. Mrs. Garrett, who just passed. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Mrs. Garrett. I think I jerked off to her. That's, uh... I don't know if I did that. That's not There's true. a lot happening there, yeah. yeah. Maybe Marsha Brady. <laughs> I think Marsha Brady had tried to. No, none of the Brady Bunch boys were that. Not Greg? You don't like Greg? No, that was a little before. Yeah, that's right. It's way before. That'd be weird. The one that is like a little a little later, I guess, but I just saw him in person yesterday. Metcalf? Uh, Jesse Metcalf. Jesse yeah. Metcalf. I read that, yeah. Because he was the gardener in Desperate Housewives. And you jerked off to him? Um, he was uh, in the mix. So you, you jerked off to many people, but he was one of them. You, did you just choose one person and that was it? 
No, but sometimes, like I watch, you know, I don't watch porn a lot, but I'll watch the same thing. Oh, oh, he's so high and mighty. <laughs> well, I mean, so you switch it up every time. Do you ever think uh, you see someone, or do you have like a, the mind that works where you're? Well, you're not at the gym, obviously, but like you're <laughs> you're like at a, at a restaurant, an Italian restaurant, eating lasagna, and see, see some guy, and you're like, oh my god, and he walks by, and the ass is just tight as shit, and then you go back home and you remember that from earlier, and you say, I'm gonna spank to that guy. I don't. My brain doesn't work that way. How does it work? I don't know. I need to like the immediate. It needs to be like there. In front of me. So well, I, what that, I'm saying that is Italian that Italian guy has to be restaurant. in your apartment. <laughs> yes. It's at the restaurant, or yeah. Have you ever done anything weird, like jerked off in a bathroom or a trailer or no, a closet? I think there was someone who wrote something about uh, jerking off at work, and he was a coworker, yeah, so he did it at I seemingly at the office that I worked at, and that I don't I don't like that. Well, not especially now. You can't do that. Uh, well, now I do because I work at home, so there's no other option. <laughs> do you keep the camera rolling? I am very upset about the prospect of any camera in my apartment documenting anything. You're scared? Yeah. You're scared of being exposed? Yeah. Do you think there's a part of you that you don't want exposed that you're just like, that stays hidden, even though you're so self-deprecating and so open and so out there and so whatever, this is what you see is what you get. It's sort of a lie inside that there's some stuff that you just can't see, that if you saw, you'd just be fucking going, what is wrong with this Mac guy? Right, right. Yes. Do you know uh, uh, the documentary Paris is Burning? I do. I haven't seen it. It's all about like like, uh, the ball scene. Um, let me explain. <laughs> uh, like, like the black queer, like ballroom scene in New York city in like the eighties, which is like people like queer people would come and like have dance, like Vogue contests, like drag contests. It was very like, and that was like their family. They would, because they, they would get kicked out of the house and whatever. So Paris is burning is a documentary about that scene made in like the 80s or early 90s and one of the figure like one of the main characters is this uh drag queen named dorian and they filmed like at her like apartment and it came out after she died that where they filmed behind her was a closet where she kept her dead boyfriend that she killed (laughs) That's the kind of secret oh I wish. Oh my could, god. That was all a build up to that, by the way. That I what I want is You want like, that kind of secret. I want to be like, yeah, I want to be like open and relatable, but then when I die, everyone is like, oh my god. He had a dead guy in his closet. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Do you ever think of things like, God, if they knew this about me, they would just this would be this would be the downfall of me. Do you worry about what people say? Do you worry about what people think? Do you worry about your family, what they have to say? Or to be in this business, to do what you want to do, to be the best you, you have to sort of like let that go. I I think one thing I struggle with about like being a part of this business is like it's it's taken me a while to be like, oh, if I want 
if I want to like be a comedian and make a career out of this, you have to think about it as a job and it's a business and like you have to be intentional about that. You can't just be like, oh, I'm I happen to be funny. So maybe I'll like go on stage and like if it goes bad, then like it's only oh, oh, well, I don't really care about it. It's like, no, you have to admit that you care about it. You're intentional about it. You're actually writing shit and like hope people like it. But part of that is like you have to turn off the part of your brain that's like normal you have to be insane i think a lot about how other people are receiving me and like you can't if you obsess about that you'll go crazy do you have a fear of of being boring do you have a fear of being unimportant i i definitely i just like i want people to like me so Mm. i'm constantly like see if i leave an interaction i'm like oh did they like me and then I'm constantly, like, when I'm in the midst of an interaction, it's always, like, do – am I saying the right thing? Uh, now you're hitting, hitting a place in your heart. Now in, – in, in my heart. That, see, this is what – this is something that I think – like, if I had to say something you need to work on because I need to work on it. We all need to work on it. But, like, that's a problem, I think. I think it's yeah. a problem. Well, that's what I'm saying. Think, yeah. oh, my God, did that person like me? Did that – like, if you're not yourself – and if you are yourself and they walk away, it should end there. You ha- I'm, I'm working on that to let that go. Like, hey, yeah, I, maybe I said something. Did I say something? You, to just let something go and go, hey, fuck them. Right. That's it's, hard to, it's harder. I do think it's like that's – it's normal to think about like what other people are trying to – like if other people are receiving you well. The, I think the crazy part is – to be successful in this business, you have to like completely turn off the part of your brain that is aware of what other people are yeah, thinking of you. And that's, and hard. that like makes you insane. Cause it's just like, you are you just, insane? Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> I have to like, I have to accept that. Like sometimes people are just going to think I'm like being a diva. I just like have to turn off the part of my brain that is like self-conscious about that. Yes. And, and then when I, like, s- slap uh, someone who's done me wrong, I can't, like, fret about it. it it's scary. It's scary to think, like, you know, you, everybody wants to be relevant. Everybody wants to be in the scene and not be lost. And, then, you know, I have my agent saying, hey, you know, you, your show got canceled a year ago or whatever. And you want to be relevant. People will forget about you. They want to go, dude, fuck off. I love yeah. him, but I'm like, fuck off. I think I have a propensity for doing what other people tell me to do or want me to do or think I should do my whole life. And that's why now I've been going, all right, let's take a break. You don't have to do this to be relevant. You don't have to do this. Oh, you're not out there enough. You're, I mean, is that a fear of yours? Do you always want to be present? Do you, I mean, you're still young. You're still, you're 28. Right. So maybe when you get to be my age, you'll start to go, oh, all right, let's, let's take a break here. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been thinking lately about, like, it should be a slow burn. <laughs> like, I, I think... I was lucky that I had, like, a a lucky break at BuzzFeed and the videos that I made, like, got very popular very quickly. And, like, I've been able to turn that into a career. But also, like, most comedians, it is a very slow burn. And by the time you're in front of, like, a big audience, like, you've worked a a lot in front of people who haven't – you've worked a lot in front of smaller audiences. And so – it does scare me a little that like I don't have as much like I haven't I haven't trained enough outside of everyone's view. Now I have to like train in a much more public space. Right. Yeah. 
and hopefully it'll, it'll go fine. Do you have you always wanted to be famous? Like right now, if I had to ask you, would you rather be? I always used to say like when I'm rich and famous. Because you always knew you were going to be rich and famous. But it was mostly a joke. Also, I thought I would be, like, a politician. Really? You know a lot about politics? Well, like, everyone says, like, Washington, D.C. is, like, ugly Hollywood, right? Right. That's kind of true, isn't it? (laughs) It's true, yeah. I ran for student body president, and I fucking lost. So To who? What was his name? Rick? Some gay. He he wasn't. (laughs) Wasn't Rick? (laughs) No. Uh, But, yeah. This has been incredible. Thanks. You know, at first I was like, you know, I I, I didn't know you. A lot of times I know yeah. the guest, yeah. but we really didn't meet. I know. All right. Tell us what you got going on now. Uh, well, you can find my new videos, yeah. to be honest. Those, those, those are on my Facebook page. Uh, you could follow me on, on all the... Well, give them the handles. At Matt Bellasai. That's M-A-T-T-B-E-L-L-A-S-S-A-I. it. M-A-T-T-B-E-L-L-A-S-S-A-I. Unhappy Hours, my podcast, you can listen to every week on iTunes. Are you in a relationship now? No. Do you want to be? With myself. And Barry. No. Do you want to be in a relationship? Yeah. Or do you think it would just convolute things and, 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 and impede you from focusing on, on what you want to do? No, I, yeah, I, I do, but I'm not like actively pursuing one right now. That's my that's my political answer. Do you want to have uh, kids? Get married someday? Yeah, yeah. You're like I'm 28, dude. I don't need to fucking do this. <laughs> we'll see. I need to be rich enough where I can like grow my own children in like a, a farm somewhere. So we'll see. <laughs> Elizabeth at Zizboot, best cheapest shit wine you've chugged on your show. Does it even matter? Uh. It doesn't. I used to just buy the cheapest, whatever is cheapest and has the highest alcohol content. Joe Bauman, Joe at Joseph J. Bauman. I find wine gives me the gassy diarrhea effect. Am I the only one or have you suffered the same fate? No, I have. I've been all right. I think that's just his problem. Beer is the, the beer is the what gives me the the digestive issues. At Jessica Dwyer, what's the quickest booze you've found to get drunk with? I mean absinthe <laughs> like what it <laughs> well there's a there's a liquor that like if i take a shot of tequila i'll find myself with a buzz yeah well i've switched recently to uh, now my go-to drink is just like whiskey on the rocks because oh. that is the lowest amount it's it's the highest alcohol that i can take just by itself so that's that's what i do uh michael rosenbaum asks uh, how many days a week do you drink uh, now only like Maybe one. One? Yeah. That's, you, you have no problem. How many days do you get dessert? <laughs> like eight days a week. That's the issue. That's the real issue. That's why I have a fatty liver, and it's not because of alcohol. It's because of carbs. Matt Bellasai, this has been a real treat. I wish you the best. You're hilarious. Thank You're you. You're very talented. I hope you'll come Thanks. back. Invite me on your podcast. I'd love yeah. to come visit. If you're in New York, I would have known to. I would have loved to have had Barry uh, join you. Your your uh, producer over there. Barry seems like a lot of fun. She's fine. Yeah, she's just here to call the Uber and pour my water. Let's get you a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get you a uh, Netflix special. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for coming on. Bye.
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.